Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the MSC Performance Podcast. My name is Mark Coulson and today I'm joined by Coach Eura. How are Coach Eura? I'm not going to do a Luke. Uh, yeah, I know, yeah, Juice. We're here with Juice. Uh, I'm not going to try and do a Luke and uh, try and pronounce your, uh, yeah, last, your, name. Uh, your last name. Um, how are you, Juice? You good? Uh, yeah, doing well. Uh, obviously a little bit ill this week, same as yourself probably, but feeling a little bit better today and uh, ready, ready to get back onto it. Fantastic. There's definitely something going around, but we do what we can uh, to uh, to battle on and to march on. Uh, really excited about today's podcast. Uh, we're going to try and give you a bit of an informative one. Uh, the other day we posted uh, a couple of stories on Instagram, uh, and it was mainly based around uh, protein, um, including how much protein a day that you uh, usually consume, uh, how many meals you normally have, so looking at kind of like frequency of, uh, of how many meals a day you have, uh, and then just a little bit of discussion of how often you're training, so your training frequency throughout the, uh, throughout the week. Uh, and then also just a little bit about uh, how many uh, how many sets per muscle group you look at uh, doing per week, and it was really interesting. We got loads and loads of feedback, uh, so we thought we'd use uh, today's podcast to kind of uh, to kind of expand uh, expand on that. So let's dig in. Let's get stuck in straight away. So uh, in regards to our first question, how much protein a day do you have? And we had some really interesting answers here, didn't we, Juice? Yes, we had uh, actually like over. Thirty-five people. Answered. Wow! Wow! Um, so, as you can imagine, a, a variety of different answers in that. Um, I would say, like the majority is placed somewhere in the hundred and twenty to hundred and sixty region. Um, as grams. That, yeah, as yeah. grams uh, per day. Um, mainly, I'd say powerlifters are bringing up these averages, uh, whereas some, <laughs> some other people are probably bringing them down a little bit. But yeah. Um, as you can see here, like one one hundred to one sixty for uh, Rowan. He's uh, an endurance athlete, isn't he? Uh, no, actually, more of a power athlete. So power uh, athlete. Rowan's a, a pole vaulter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very sort of power based sport. But interesting there, hundred to one hundred and sixty, and. I think we'll go into a little bit of body weight uh, chat as well, but uh, yeah, based on his uh, body weight, he's sitting at just under uh, 80 kilos, so that's uh, that's interesting. What other results have we got there then? Uh, so we've got like 200, I feel like that's a power lifter, and Sonia, Sonia's on 150 to 170, Yeah. Um, then one of the barbell guys is on 1.4 per kilogram of body weight. Yeah. I will check that with you if you're actually tracking it now that you mentioned it. <laughs> um, uh, some people around 100 grams, which probably might be on the lower side a little bit. But yeah, yeah. as you can see, mainly power lifters on the on the higher ends towards 150 to 190, depending on their body weight. Yeah, we've got someone at 80 as well. So yeah, I mean, it's probably worth saying, I think, to our listeners that I'm looking at the names here, and I think it's probably safe to say that most of these people train mm-hmm. uh, pretty frequently. I think probably the majority of these guys are our uh, members. So, you know... Um, you know, training you know pretty pretty frequently already. Trying to supplement that, uh, I'd imagine, with uh, a reasonable amount of protein protein intake. Um, I think it's pretty well established now. Uh, nowadays, you know, even for beginners and people who aren't training regularly, like they they know the importance of protein. I think it's been uh, pretty well established over the last few years. Uh, many many years ago, you know, it was uh, not always seen as a positive thing to have lots of protein in your diet. But I think there's been a lot of good um, good supportive you know evidence and a lot of research that's you know come out into the mainstream explaining the importance of uh, of protein um you know in terms of uh, you know building lean muscle tissue and all the all the numerous benefits uh, you know that uh, that can come from having a um you know a high protein diet um so 
yeah in terms of the uh, in terms of the amount um <laughs> that is uh, an interesting topic and i think a lot of people do now as i say realize the importance of pro you know taking protein but don't really know how much they should be looking to have and also i think vastly uh, underestimate um you know kind of how i don't know if it's the right way of putting it like difficult to to get that protein they're probably not having as much as they as, as they think I probably you know, unless unless uh, unless they're measuring uh, so yeah let's have a little uh, little, little chat about that so We've uh, looked into a couple of uh, couple of studies, haven't we, Juice? So we have indeed, yeah. Um, we've looked into uh, a systematic review from Barnes in 2023, um, where he looked at um, obviously dosages of protein per kilogram per day, um, and the findings were that higher relevance of quality protein is more important with lower dosages of protein so that would mean obviously if you're like on a plant plant-based diet um, if you're not necessarily eating the right amount of protein the majority of the protein you do eat should be from a good quality source whereas if you're on like a high higher protein diet the quality of the protein um, doesn't matter as much yeah okay and with with the uh, i don't want to get too off piece here but with the vegan um aspect as well like me and luke have done a podcast about this before where uh we discussed you know can uh vegan athletes you know build as much muscle mass as uh, as meat eaters and 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 can they you know perform at the same level and i think the answer was that they they can mm-hmm. but admittedly it is a little bit more difficult to find the the amount of protein sufficient um, and also like the, the good enough uh, good enough quality and there are arguments that are missing out on uh, particular you know benefits of animal fats as well but uh, yeah interesting one and in terms of uh, in terms of the amount of protein so we normally measure this based on grams and it seems to be rel- uh, very relevant to the amount that you weigh um, so for example um, most of the research suggests between roughly 1.6, and 2.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Okay, so if you're uh, weighing 100 kilos and you're looking to build some lean muscle tissue, uh, you're looking to perform well, you might be looking at anywhere between 160 and 220 grams of protein per day in total, uh, which is quite a lot. It's quite a lot to uh, to, to try and uh, to try and get in. Um, with this, what we would always say as well is it's really important uh, to take into consideration where you're starting from. 100%. Um, so, for example, you know, when people come into us and we're looking at giving them nutritional advice information, if I've got a 100 kilo person coming in, I'm not going to just say, right, okay, we need to be having, you know, straight away, I want you having 200 grams of, of protein per day. Uh, what it's really important to do is always remember where you're starting from. Um, so we do a little bit of analysis, see what the average week looks like. And, you know, if you're having 80 or 100 grams of protein a day, then jumping straight up to 200 you know, grams a day is going to be very, very difficult, not particularly beneficial. Um, we're not going to be particularly great at processing that. Uh, it's going to make life pretty miserable trying to trying to hit those uh, targets. So you might set a uh, sort of one month, two month, three month, you know, goal to gradually build up to uh, to those kind of uh, those kind of amounts. But that's what the research uh, tends to suggest in terms of the amount of uh, the amount of protein that we're uh, that we're looking for. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, as you said, the starting point is very crucial. Um, but yeah, uh, in our industry, we know that we need to assess things very carefully. So, for example, in the protein kind of uh, universe, we would assess 
whether it's an athlete or a recreational uh, person training, um, then what kind of athlete it is. So all of this will kind of play a role in the dosages of protein they should be having in a day. Um, so for example, Lane Norton recently discussed that um, endurance athletes can get away with 1 to 1.6 gram grams of protein per kilogram of body weight uh, per day, but their uh, intake of carbohydrates should be much higher because their needs uh, require more carbohydrates. Whereas on the other side, strength athletes, powerlifters in these kind of sports, they're, um, they're probably going to be leaning more towards like the higher end of protein, so somewhere 1.4 to 1.7 minimum grams of uh, protein uh, per kilogram of body weight per day. Um, but yeah, uh, some kind of a general, uh, let's say, guideline would definitely be 1.6 to 2.2, depending on what your goals are and where you're starting from. That's interesting, and that's definitely worth taking into consideration because what we need to be looking at for uh, for athletes and well, any, any you know anyone, even if if not competing, is just looking at what the what the kind of goals are in in MSC. We always talk about you know what are your goals outside of the gym as well. And as you say, if you're more focused on endurance training and things like that, with all of these things we also need to be looking at uh, although we're not talking about it massively today we need to be looking at overall kind of calorie control as well so if you're as, as you say juice if you're um, an endurance athlete and therefore because of that you need to probably have more carbohydrates than your average uh, average power athlete to provide you with the energy needed to uh, to perform well in your sport then obviously there's going to be a swing there in terms of your calorie content so you're going to be you know taking in more calories through carbohydrates than perhaps a power athlete and therefore we might actually have to just reduce the the protein intake a little bit as well Um, so I think that's probably worth taking into consideration obviously we can control our fats uh, as as well potentially Um, but I think that's quite an interesting thing to to look at is you know you 1.6 2.2 and again that's you know that's not that's what the research is suggesting is optimal but there is obviously quite a big difference between that and it's important to be aware of what your goals are. If you're coming in and you know your your sole purpose is to build build muscle mass, then you know yeah you might be on the higher end of that, 100%. being able to have slightly lower carbohydrates uh, or lower fat content. Um, whereas if you're uh, uh, training for a triathlon, um, say Max Harmon, for example, who apparently <laughs> is training for a triathlon, although he never likes to talk about it, um, he might be slightly higher on the carbohydrate um, count and. Um, he certainly looks like he is. Um, so, in terms of the frequency of that protein juice, what we uh, what are, what are we saying? So we said that uh, frequency had no real impact. It was more the daily intake, so the overall daily average uh, of the protein, rather than the timings of the ingestion of the proteins. So, like, it's not like you have to finish a workout and straight away get into a protein shake or something like that. It's more looked on a, on a general daily basis of, of how much you consume. That's where things have changed a lot. I remember when I first started getting into, into training, you know, 400 years ago. And um, it was like, it, it, everyone had this thing where it was like, you cannot have over 20 grams of protein in a set meal yeah. or else like you'll ju- it'll just go straight through you basically. Exactly, yeah. um, that was like the big thing. So you'd have, you'd have these protein shakes that like, they'd have to be 20 grams max and you'd have that 20 grams you had to have it within five minutes of your workout (laughs) so like you'd be finishing a session sprinting out to the office to like put your protein shake together and uh yeah 
it's absolutely disaster. I mean, it probably wasn't the worst thing to um, sort of, you know, in terms of, you know, the psychology of it all, like of, of making sure you were getting that protein hit straight away. It probably wasn't the worst thing in the world, actually. But it's just quite funny how it, you know, it was like, right, you know, there's no point going having 40 grams of protein or if you have 25 or 30 grams of protein, yeah, you've completely ruined your life. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it's all over. So uh, it's interesting. And obviously there's a lot of talk as well about kind of high protein breakfast and things like that. Um, that and, and one of these studies that we've we've looked into as well, uh, you'll have to forgive me because I've got the name of the uh, the study, but um, they did talk about um, like one of the control groups was a high uh, high protein at breakfast. Um, and it was kind of, you know, more frequently throughout the day, uh, six meals and another group was uh, three meals a day. And again, there was no real, um, you know, significant difference between any of the groups. So uh, the research would suggest that, um, you know, if you didn't have protein at breakfast, but you had enough during the day, over the course of the day, whether that's over three meals or six meals or anything like that, there wasn't really any difference. For me personally, I like to have a, a protein-based breakfast. I think it gets me off to a good start in terms of trying to hit those uh, hit those targets of getting enough protein in throughout the day. Uh, so I, and I, I feel good off it. I don't know if that's a uh, bit of a placebo or whatever but I feel good off a kind of you know protein based uh, breakfast um, but as I say the research if you're someone who doesn't massively like protein in their in their breakfast then that's okay basically yeah, um, you're not missing out as long as over the course of the day uh, the only disadvantage is perhaps that you're giving yourself a shorter window um, to uh, to get those uh, to get that that protein in, which could be the same could be said in terms of calorie control as well of skipping you know intermittent fasting and things like that. we won't get that into that today but skipping breakfast you know all that does is give you a shorter window throughout the rest of the day to to, to have calories so if you can control that throughout the day then maybe it's a good uh, you know, a reasonable thing to do to to control your calories and lose weight. But uh, yeah, um, th- you know, we would we would argue that having kind of six meals a day, six or seven meals a day is quite difficult to attain for most people. Uh, certainly, most people that we work with, you know, busy busy professionals and might have you know families and have basically got got lives and things to do. Um, so. You know, there's an argument there for just good, you know, good sort of three, the old school three square meals a day, and just making sure that you're hitting enough protein. And if it's, you know, if if it's a, a bit higher on the on the protein, then again, the research is suggesting that we can we we, we can absorb that. So that's uh, that's fine. Uh, fantastic. Should we move into uh, talking about sort of a bit more training then? Yeah. Um, so we asked the question: How many sessions per week? Do you train in the gym? So, what have we got, Juice? What is what are the people saying? How many responses do we get here? We've got so loads. We got, again, about about good 20, 25, 30 even. Nice, nice. Yeah. Let's see what what the evidence says. So, you guys have replied. Uh, there's a few five sixes here. Um, lifting two, sprinting one, vaulting one, gymnastic one, yoga one to two. That sounds like Rowan. That sounds like Rowan, yeah. Yeah, very admirable. Um, Then some power lifters here. We have about four, five, six sessions. Barbell guys are mainly on three. Um, Rugby players, two to three. Um, general population about three so it's it's hovering kind of in the range of three to three to four three sorry three to six I'd say uh, in the poll 
uh, with the powerlifters taking the majority of them, so it's like five to six sessions a week for them, yeah. This is going to sound really general, but I think like four seems to be the sweet spot for a lot of people in terms of performance-based training. Um, seems to be the right kind of amount where we can get a good balance of conditioning, a uh, good balance of strength work. That might be two strength sessions a week and two conditioning sessions as well. Um, this, again, very much comes back to what is your starting point? You know, that's really, really key. So if you're coming into the gym and you haven't trained for six months, four times a week is probably not the target that we're going to look for initially. Uh, we might be looking at twice a week as a, as a starting point. Um, four seems to be really, really popular for powerlifters, um, also for kind of, you know, field athletes as well. And also your, your kind of, um, your, your high rocks guys, your people just, you know, generally training four times a week seems to be really high. But what we seem to learn from the research, and we'll get into this, in a second talking about how many sets per muscle group we need to be uh, we need to be hitting but again the, the sort of training frequency doesn't seem to have the same influence that we thought that it used to used to have uh, we used to talk about like the, the the link between you know training frequency and central nervous system and things like that and obviously you know that that can have an effect if the overall tonnage and you know training volume and intensity is uh, is too much um but essentially it seems to be just coming back again where you know two a week could work really really well or four a week or six a week could work really really well but you know a big part of it is just depending on how much work we're actually doing in those uh, in those sessions exactly yeah um obviously the frequency of sessions a week will uh, dictate the amount of sets we do per muscle group as well so yeah obviously like for someone who do who does two sessions a week you want to be getting in enough volume but not too much in those two sessions, whereas compared to someone who trains six times a week, they might be risking doing a bit too much volume if they're not careful about their training structure. Absolutely. I think before we get into the actual uh, science with this, I think it's important to, for people to realize if they, you know, if they aren't going to the gym uh, regularly or they're finding consistency really, really hard to deal with um, and they're kind of giving up a bit because they might be thinking oh well what's the point I didn't go last week or I only went once last week and you know I know you're supposed to be going like you know my friend goes five times a week and they do five gym sessions and two runs and all this kind of stuff it's really important to remember that like with good with a good training program and and good structure with something like two sessions a week you can actually get an incredible results and if that two you know if two sessions a week is more sustainable uh, for you then that is a lot better than striving for three or four or five you're burning yourself out completely and not being able to sustain that kind of thing if you've got a busy family life maybe you've got kids maybe you've got a high pressure job so I think it's really important for people to not become disheartened by you know a, a bad week or not being able to train as much as they like or as much as they think that you know you should because they might see their friends doing you know a lot more a lot more sessions with good quality you can get away with lower frequency uh, training throughout the week and i think that's a you know a lot more suitable and that's why you know we'll do consultations with people before they join up because it's really important to get an idea as to what your current schedule looks like you know um it's very very dependent so for some people two a week's going to be a lot better than four a week and then vice versa potentially as well so if your week looks you know if you've got you know you're a ceo at some company you've got a couple of you know you've got a couple of kids a newborn on the way or whatever it might be and 
all of a sudden we're shooting for 200 grams of protein a day and we're shooting for four sessions a week and a couple of metcons and all this kind of stuff then yeah i mean it's you know it's, it's pretty obvious it's not going to going to work out so i just thought that's an important thing to to, to mention there so yeah. if we get if we dig into the science a little bit so we've looked into um some research from brad schoenfeld who's you know, arguably the leading uh, expert in in hypertrophy in in the in the world, uh, basically. So this guy uh, this guy knows his uh, his stuff. So we had a look into uh, the study, which regarded how many sets per muscle group should we be uh, should we be hitting to to achieve you know hypertrophy and to, to to make a make a difference really. And what do we what do we find, Juice? So Schoenfeld at 2017 and colleagues found that. Um well, basically, they established a diminishing dose-response relationship between sets per muscle group per week and, and hypertrophy, meaning that you can do too much and more isn't always better. Uh, but the kind of sweet spot that they established was about 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. So that would kind of be the scientific uh, explanation from their side. Obviously, like some people are a bit more prone to a bit more volume, but it is really important that um, we don't over overdo the volume because, as you said, central nervous system fatigue and all of that, it can it can have diminishing returns, and that's definitely not what we're after in the gym. Hundred percent, yeah. So again, coming back to frequency, that's where you know two to four sessions is usually about the sweet spot for most people. Um, you know, if you're training once a week, obviously that you know it just becomes a little bit more difficult to hit that kind of optimal uh, optimal thing. But you know, although obviously not imp- impossible, and it's another big reason why we advocate a lot of full body training as well, um, because we want to hit that ten to twenty sets per per muscle group. Now, if you're coming in and doing a bodybuilding routine, you know that. You know that does make it a little bit, a little bit trickier, and you're probably going to have to train at higher frequency uh, to, uh, you know, to, to hit that if you're doing, you know, split muscle groups and, and things like that. So, um, hitting in terms of trying to hit enough volume throughout the week to, you know, to build lean muscle tissue, um, you know, going back to our protein, obviously we're looking at the, the amounts that we mentioned, and then in terms of training, you know, frequency doesn't really matter too much as long as we're hitting a certain amount of sets per muscle group, which, as uh, Juice has just highlighted. Um, uh, looks to be anywhere between 10 and 12 so the study was split into um, three different groups so uh, there was a low group which was classed as anything under 12 sets per week uh, there was a medium group which was between 12 and 20 sets and then there was a high group which was 20 uh, sets plus and yeah it's really easy I mean the great the great news is that you don't have to do an absolute like massive massive amount of sets per muscle group um to uh, to get, get the difference again this reminds me back uh, back in my early days of um knowing someone who literally did like split body routine but hit every muscle group like twice per week so like <laughs> i mean it was literally like yeah so like uh, let's say a shoulder and triceps day they do on a monday and they'll be doing it again on a thursday and it's like jesus like that's a tough battle um and the research uh you know that's come out uh recently obviously just shows that that's actually really really unnecessary um there's no real once we go plus 20 uh, past 20 plus there's no real benefits uh i think the important thing and i know luke's been talking about this a lot recently is the quality of the sets is 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 important um in terms of you know how how far how hard we want to be uh we want to be pushing and i think when we are looking at kind of that medium uh, or sorry moderate amount of uh, sets between 10 and 20 uh, i think it's important that the quality of the sets is is really good 
hundred percent. Yeah, um, tying into that, obviously, the ten to twenty sets of volume, uh, we could be doing that with minimal weight, and we wouldn't be probably inducing enough adaptations in the muscles. Um, so, like working more towards proximity to, to failure, um, working with bigger and higher intent, as Luke mentioned as well, uh, will probably lead you to better results than just you know I'm doing ten to twenty sets of whatever weight, and that's it. You know. So it has to be a, a well thought through process, definitely. Um, but yeah, um, definitely proximity to failure showed great benefits in return into muscle size um, and muscle strength. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it on that behalf. Fantastic, yeah. And again, like just to you know go back to it again, it's just you know talk about frequency, and I think this is where. You know the the be- the people who get the best results in the in the gym and in the health and well being are people who can be consistent and sustainable. And you know I talk about those. I use those two words a lot when we're talking about how to you know how to how to get results. And those two are really key factors. So it comes back again to the importance of just you know assessing your goals, assessing where you're at at the moment, and then building a schedule that you can be consistent with and is sustainable. That's absolutely key. So be realistic so with you know using that information if you can if there's a, if there's a takeaway from today's podcast you know for yourselves have a look at that so you know now roughly the amount of working sets that we need per muscle group okay so we need to be hitting you know anywhere between sort of 10 and 20 seems to work uh, quite quite well okay full body generally works better or even an upper lower split potentially but no no more splitting than that for the average uh, for the average person so with that information with the protein information as well you know where to strive from in terms of 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein bear in mind that you know endurance athletes again might need a little bit less strength power athletes might need a little bit more if you're looking to build purely muscle tissue you might need a little bit high, higher on that uh, on that scale have a look at those kind of, those kind of key things and build yourself a schedule that is you know sustainable so if you're a really really busy person twice a week full body and across the week just making sure you're getting up to that 20 sets you know as a, and that's and that's max that's the absolute max that you need there make sure that you know you're aware that we need a minimum of 1.6 grams per protein ideally uh, to be making a reasonable difference in terms of building lean muscle tissue and improving performance so take these things into account and then basically just build a schedule that you can you can achieve these uh, things and if you've got time to go to the gym more um, and you've got time to do the metcons and you want to train four times a week you can do two strength sessions and two conditioning sessions you can do three strength sessions and one conditioning session uh, you can do three conditioning sessions and one strength session uh, you know it's just the strength session might have to be quite a long one and quite a lot of uh, volume to to get the optimal results but I think it's just important to know where you're at set that target and then uh, build you know something sensible um, you know as with any goal it needs to be uh, realistic it needs to be achievable um, you know in order to to get to where we want to get to um, yeah that's pretty much it um, lovely episode with you Mark really enjoyed it that was a pleasure juice um, that might be the first podcast we've ever done together as a two as a two yeah usually we had Luke with us yeah wow and it's been uh, yeah very sensible very without sensible. him hasn't it um, <laughs> only joking of course uh, so yeah I think we'll round up there it's a good spot to, to end uh, so just uh, other news in regards to MSC performance uh, Metcon Games tickets now available that's going to be on April the 6th uh, we are mega excited for this one this 
is going to be a big one. Uh, we're increasing the capacity. We had 40 uh, on the last one, which we capped it at 40. This time we're capping it at 50. We want it to be bigger and better than ever. Uh, we're already planning the sessions. We're mega excited to see how that goes. So tickets are available um, on your uh, team up accounts and there will be a social in the evening. More details to, uh, to come. And a uh, new barbell program underway as well. New barbell program starting next week. Make sure you tune in, guys. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Excellent. We'll leave it there, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.